0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Amherst Weekly. I am your co-host Chad D D. Menesis and as always joined by Keith Wozniak from Let's Go Amherst. Keith, it's been a few weeks here. The trade deadline has been a little busy but we're finally back to some uh, Rochester talk here.
1: Yeah, it's been uh, a little while since we talked and that's all right. Uh, Things are I think they're still going pretty darn well on our end, and uh, you know, any anything that I could complain about would just almost feel like uh, nitpicking at this point.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, like I said before the podcast started, you know, you just you anything you complain about, just multiply it by ten from what's going on up here. So it's <laughs> it's a whole <laughs> different world of sad state and whatever you want to call it, but it, it's pretty depressing up here.
1: Yeah, I think uh, we kind of address that, and you know, last time, and we'll we'll. You know what, the Emirates are things that are going well. They're still uh, sitting atop the division. They're winning games. And, you know, for the most part, they're uh, dominating some games. So, we're things that are continuing to go in the right direction.
0: So, we'll start with, I guess, focusing on this weekend. Because it was a big weekend uh, home-and-home against Syracuse. So, uh, the two teams split, which is interesting that Rochester won in Syracuse and Syracuse won in Rochester. Interesting way to split that series. But, uh, how did the weekend go overall for Rochester? I guess we'll start high level and then we'll kind of narrow it down here to some individual players.
1: Yeah, um, you know, since the last time we talked, the Amherst thing have been uh, four, and, four and two, and they've won six of the last eight. Um, you know, they had two big road wins this past week in uh, Utica and then Syracuse on Saturday night. Um, both games, they were just the overwhelming dominant team. Uh, you know, a couple maybe small moments in the game where momentum shifted a little bit, but for the most part, they rolled four lines, three sets of defensemen, and just controlled the game start to finish. Had great goaltending from Scott Wedgwood in each game, and, you know, two big, solid road wins late in the season. Um, you know, Sunday afternoon, things were a little bit different. Uh, the team found themselves in penalty trouble slash the refs decided to be absolutely ridiculous in the way they were calling penalties on both teams.
0: Mm-hmm. So, you
1: know, it's, it's, uh, you know, sometimes you can say, oh, uh, it's, you know, one way or the other, but it was, it was definitely kind of, kind of both ways. And it was one of those games where, you know, they probably, you know, it's, you could debate, do you change up your style of play and, you know, try to address the game or just keep sticking with what you're doing. And, you know, they stuck with what they're doing and, Syracuse scored three power play goals to win four to one uh, an empty net goal in there. And yeah, it was just uh, you know, kind of a tough loss. But, you know, five on five, they played all right. You know, I sound like a coach now rationalizing things. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it was you know, it was just uh yeah, just a rough game overall. But uh, you know, one one highlight is Will Morgan took a you know roughing penalty for Going after Corey Conacher after Conacher gave Wedwood a little slash after he saved the puck. Uh, Borgin went after him into the boards, started throwing a couple punches. Conacher just kind of turtled and he went to the box. Uh, Syracuse scored on the power play after that. And you know what? uh, After the game, Chris Taylor stood up for Borgin, just saying, hey, you know what? You know, it is what it is, but we're a team out there and we stick up for each other. So, you know, he said he was more disappointed the penalty killed, didn't kill off the penalty versus you know, the penalty he took. So, interesting, uh, you know, interesting line to share and, you know, the way he worded that. And, you know, on the flip side, Morgan said, you know, he probably shouldn't have done that or he got the retaliation penalty. But, you know, that kind of seemed to be the the turning point in the game. And, you know, unfortunately went in favor of Syracuse and we're back to being tied for first place with them.
0: The good news is, though, for Rochester is over the last week, week and a half, uh, the reinforcements have come down from Buffalo. Uh, I, I've i dubbed Rasmus Dahlian up here, the Swedish king, which means that Lawrence Pilot was my Swedish prince. Uh, so he was re- so the prince was sent back to Rochester. CJ Smith, uh, Daniel Regan did, I think, donuts on the 90. He was down and up and down and up, and then finally down again. Uh, only played one game. So, you know, that, that's good. That's good for Rochester, and they're getting some players back. Somehow they got Ogilvy back recently, and I know there's a few injuries right now, but altogether it seems like it's – a pretty good compact team that they have going on here. So it's, you know, I, I guess I'll kind of nick these three players I kind of want to talk about. I mentioned Pilot, Smith, and Oregon, You know, I kind of want to focus on a little bit here to get your kind of thoughts on the whole situation. Uh, so I guess we'll kind of start with Lawrence Pilot here because I'm most interested to see kind of how he's been down there since he's sent down, kind of how he's been reacted. Has he been like the guy he was before he left or maybe kind of noticing maybe a little bit of a difference?
1: Yeah, it almost seems like uh, him and... You know, when Gooley got traded, they and Pilot came back. They just kind of swapped the exact roles and the way they're playing. Um, you know, Pilot is you know doesn't look like he's the same player from the first 16 games of the season when he was just in you know just dominating offensive defenseman. Um, but you know, in a way, I you know when you joke around saying you know what Buffalo do to him, he's damaged goods. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, you know, and in a way, uh, he hasn't had a full week of practice with the team. So, you know, the Amaroks don't play again until Friday, so they're going to have a full week of practice. And, you know, he's had some good plays. He's had a couple of rough ones. Um, you know, it's one of those things where it hasn't been bad. He just, you know, he's set the expectations so high right, right. at the start of the season that, you know, we're expecting him to be putting up points every game. Um, he has had an assist, um, but you know give him a full week of practice and hopefully next weekend he's you know kind of back to working with redmond the way he was at the start of the year
0: and then cj smith i mean he just goes down and just keeps scoring goals right (laughs) he
1: has uh if my math is correct in the last 24 games he's played with the Amherst, he has 28 points 14 goals and 14 assists that's pretty darn good in the last 24 games of what he's done um You know, he he had an interesting line last week. He got sent down, apparently, you know, seemed like in the middle of the Sabres game, I think it was last Saturday.
0: Right, yeah, I remember that. And
1: uh, he played for the Emirates and he played well. And, you know, after the game, he was asked what he thought about, you know, getting sent down. And he just kindly said, you know what, I'm only going to answer questions about the game. And Hmm. moved on from it. Um, you know, then, you know, we asked him for, you know, after practice earlier in the week and he said, you know, he's like, you know what, you know, it is what it is. Anybody who gets sent down, you have to hope they're pissed off and frustrated, but, you know, he said he has too much respect for, you know, his coaches and teammates to sulk about it and put his head down and, you know, he's proven it, you know, just went right back to work and, you know, the guy's a great player.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. You know, with Smith, the whole thing is, I mean, his, his reward for coming up is, being put with vladimir saboka which isn't the easiest task in the world and then there was the scratches and you get out of sync and it's i don't know i mean he's a 24 year old forward that i don't know what else you could want to see from him out of the age you know he's a restricted free agent this summer and I, I just i mean i mean there's a month and a half in the season left here so maybe he'll get back up here again just I, I don't think they gave him a fair enough look and when he did come up he scored goals he scored two goals in 11 games i mean that's not a ridiculous pace but nonetheless that's scoring so it's I don't know. It's interesting with Smith. I just feel like he's kind of getting he's kind of getting a raw deal here overall.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're gonna if you're gonna develop guys, and you know, down here be a top six, you know, top six player, um, you know, leading the you know number one line on the team. You would think, hey, let's put him into a role similar. You know, you're not expect maybe he doesn't get you know put like or Skinner right off the bat or something. But hey, if you're gonna have this guy playing top minutes and you know expect to be a top score in the AHL and then you call him up and play a bottom role, you know, uh, it's, it's interesting, um, you know, just trying to keep it amateurated. We're happier than heck to have him down here. And, you know, he's contributing to the team. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's interesting ways, you know, kind of the ways it was used and, you know, same with Danny O'Regan, you know, he called up and seemed to play all right in the one game. And then next thing you know, he's sitting in the press box and then, then he right. comes back down. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and that's, uh, you know, it's kind of a broken record talking about, you know, somebody like Nylander, but, you know, you wonder, everyone says, hey, you know, maybe he played better, or play with better players. And, you know, last two games he's played with, um, you know, CJ Smith and Taylor Lear, and he has played better. So. Huh. You know, but then, if you call guys up and you put them down lower, you know, with Flat Smoke, really yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that's a good transition. That's where I was going next with Nylander. So, Nylander turned 21. It looks like the 21 year old version of Alex Nylander figured out how to score goals again.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's, uh, you know, what there's, it's, you know, folks saying the positive. Yeah, you did. Big goal today. Um, you know, the team didn't do much else. Um, you know, he had another, you know, goal. Um, was it yesterday the day before? I don't know.
0: I think it was yesterday. Um, but yeah, no,
1: he's yeah, against Syracuse. So yeah, he had a couple of decent games. Um, you know, playing with guys like CJ Smith and Taylor Lear helped out big time because they're you know, they tend to do a lot of the hard work and you know, he's gets himself free and you know, gets some goal scored, get some points. So hey, maybe we can start, you know, referring to him as twenty one year old Nylander and look fast behind <laughs> him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, hey, that'd, that'd be nice, and then they could use the help of forward. But the next guy I'm going to go to, uh, you know, he's a guy I've kind of watched closely all year long, and I, I think we talked about him a few times on here. And, and I think we're starting to see a really nice development trend with him. And that's Rasmus Aspen. You know, he's he started off slow with the point production in the season, but as we talked about, he was doing other things around his game that weren't showing up on the stat sheet. But mm-hmm. now the points starting to come for him too. So it looks like we're kind of seeing a really good upward trend in Rasmus Asplin's development.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think he has four assists in the last um like six games or something like that. And so yeah, he's, you know, it's you know, whenever he has gone from media, which has been rare, he's, you know, it's he's gotten points and he's shared displeasure, you know, kind of, you know, wishes he had more. But yeah, he's uh, you know, again he always Victor Olson and Daniel Regan prob may not be having the seasons they're having without Erasmus Asplund in there and yeah, him getting the points is kind of rewarding for that. And, you know, I can share that. I know nobody takes what he does for granted even though he's not getting the points. So, you know, there's uh, you know, I think the, maybe the, these developing ways should be. And, you know, kind of look at what Sean Malone did last year in a full season, you know, before he had injuries this year and kind of slowed him down. You know, it almost seems like Asplund is kind of taking over that role at center.
0: Uh, the next guy I'm going to ask you about, you've talked about already a little bit earlier. Uh, I mean, like I kind of kept an eye on, I've always been, I've always been fond of Will Borg myself. He's a right shot defenseman, which this organization doesn't really have a lot, um, you know, that are close. Um, so I think he's a guy, well, he's never going to get you points. Uh, I, I think he's that um, old school defensive defenseman where he's solid in his own end. Um, he can move the puck out. You know, he's a decent passer. It's not, it's not like he's, a mess or anything doing that, but he's not going to really give you much offensively. So, you know, he's another guy where right? I think we're kind of seeing a nice upward trend in his in his development path.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, uh, Will Borgin since he was in that, you know, last time we talked, he had a big fight against Cleveland. And, um, you know, it kind of surprised a lot of people watching that. Um, you know, I had a number of conversations over the last week or so you know, between coaches and a couple of players asking about Morgan and how he's developed. And, uh, you know, everybody is, you know, nobody's really surprised at what he's done. Um, I think uh Gordon shared best that, you know, he was, he was more surprised at how developed he was at the start of the season versus, you know, he kind of just said, all right, you know, maybe I'm going to have a defenseman that needs some work to do. And, you know, Morgan has been, you know, kind of exceeded expectations. Um, you know, he has, uh, you know, high honor respect of his teammates to coaches. And, you know, he's, uh, one of the things that they're kind of developing him into is a, you know, use the words of one of the coaches an elite penalty killer. You know, he does a good job and, you know, he's got the defensive end down and one of the things they're working on with him is skating with the puck. Um, you know, just clearing it, you know, skating it out of his own versus off the glass and out, which is something he may have done, you know, in college years. So, you know, it's, uh, he's, developing at the right area and you know it's half half the time you don't even notice them out there. And sometimes for defensemen that's right a right. good thing. Yep. Definitely.
0: So moving back again, looking at the grand picture here, there's, you know, I think it's around I think we're under twenty games left for the Amherst, so I'm right under twenty games or around twenty games? There
1: is eighteen games left. And so the reason I know that is I kinda compared the the, they just finished the third quarter of the season, and last year in the uh, kind of third quarter, of the Emirates were four, seven, five, and three in a nineteen-game stretch. Hmm. You know, okay. this year they just finished third quarter, and they're twelve, four, one, and two. So, kind of a you know a big turnaround from the slump they had last year to continuing to turn in the right direction this year.
0: So the question I was going to ask, you know, I, I saw you tweet something out the other day. I think, I believe it was you, you know, how close that division race is um, in the North Division. So I guess kind of I'll give you the chance here to kind of outline how things look here as we're kind of, this is really the stretch run playoff push here for Rochester.
1: Yeah, it's been Rochester and Syracuse. Um, you know, Rochester has been in first place since kind of like the second or third, second week of the season. You know, kind of when things settle down a little bit, um, you know, Syracuse is tied with them for first. They've never taken sole possession at first. So uh, you know, it's gonna be continue to be a big week ahead. Um, you know, Utica and Toronto are holding on, but then Belleville's on like some I don't know, 16, 15 game point streak with I think they got eleven or twelve wins in there. So, you know, there's only uh you know a handful of points separating between, you know, first and fifth. And you know, while the Emirates are pretty set on playoffs, um, yeah, I will share that you know a team has kind of said this past week. They have to get to the playoffs first, you know, so they know what's ahead. That's going to be, you know, going to be a battle towards the end because, you know, hey, everybody, you want to finish in first place, kind of where they've been all year and not fall from that. But, you know, it's other teams are also out on their heels. So it's going to be kind of a a big challenge the last 18
0: games. So the last question here, I guess, we'll kind of look forward. You know, we have a, uh, you have one of those, I don't think it's. That rare in the AHL, but you have one of those three game weekends coming up Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, twice against Binghamton, and then I think the other one is Bridgeport, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, yeah, Bridgeport. Yeah. So how's that? Uh, how's that weekend looking coming up here?
1: Yeah, they, uh, you know, Syracuse just finished winning their three and three. The Emirates have the one coming up. Um, the Emirates are three and zero against Bridgeport this season. You know, they've all been one goal games. You know, Bridgeport is kind of in a similar position. They're in second place in their division, so they're going to be, you know, they're, they're chasing points just like everyone else is this time of year. Um, you know, so that's going to be a close game. Um, you know, Binghamton is, they're out of the playoff picture. But, you know, those are the kind of the teams you have to worry about because they have, uh, you know, they have, the only thing they've lost to play for is their pride. And if they can beat the first place team, you know, they're going to be happy to do that. Um, the last time they played, the Emirates won five to one, and it was a pretty dominant game. So, you know, they play them on uh, Saturday and Sunday, so it's it's gonna be gonna be a fight. And you know, those should be, you know, it should be four out, you know, an easy four out of six points. But at this time of year, you have to take for the six, go for the six.
0: So that is Keith Wozniak from Let's go Amrix! you can follow them on twitter at let's go Amrix, and also read all their excellent Amrix content at let's go Amherst.com. so keith and let's go Amrix is going to be your follow because um if you want playoff hockey this year that's where you're going to find it uh one thing i should ask you about before we wrapped up it kind of popped in my head here uh, i'd be remiss if i didn't ask you so tage thompson getting put on the list to be sent down here eligible for the playoffs that's kind of interesting right
1: yeah, it's uh, you know, it's we were kinda wondering, you know, what was gonna happen leading up to the playoffs because you know, it would be between him and Casey Middlestadt, you know, would have been eligible. Um, you know, I know Chris Ta- I asked Chris Taylor about it, he didn't have much to say. To be expected. You know, and I know the Buffalo News asked asked and he really didn't have much to say as right. to be expected. But, you know, you look at what Remy Elliott has done, you know, since he's been here, you look at Taylor Lear since he was, you know, signed to the Amherst and you know, those guys have just been a couple of dominant players. So, you know, we all know uh, what Cage has been through, and chances are he should probably already be in the AHL from what I follow from you. But, you know, yeah, he should be, uh, you know, it's going to make some tough r- roster decisions, but he should be a pretty big addition going to the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I mean, I- I'm still curious if he gets somewhere before that because he's just... It's, it's just not working here with him. But, you know, I mean, we're this far into the season. It really has been working all season long. But it's, I don't know, he's one of the worst negative impact players in this team, worse than Vlad Saboka, which is saying something. But, you know, here we are, Pilot, Smith, O'Regan, all older players go down, but Tate Thompson just hangs out. So, I don't know. It, it's a whole interesting case, I guess, for another day. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I think he could use some time earlier to kind of get acclimated with Rochester. Uh, and the players before the playoffs, besides just throwing them right in, then so we'll see that plays out. But uh, I think it'd be something to watch. So, as I was saying, that is Keith Wozniak from Let's Go Amherst. Keith, thanks for taking the time, man, and enjoy the winning hockey while we sit here and feel bad for ourselves in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, we'll
1: be here and uh, hopefully have a, another positive conversation next week. And you know,
0: whenever you want to see some winning hockey, just uh, just let me know. All right, man. Sounds good. We'll, uh, we'll talk soon. I'm a good one, Jay. Yeah.